Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Cool, well, we're going to get into the Word tonight. I won't waste much time, but if you're taking notes, the title of the message is, Look Who Showed Up. Look Who Showed Up. And we're going to pray before we go any further. Father God, we just thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it is alive and active. And God, would You meet us in this place again? Would we come face to face with Your love? Would we walk out of this place um, compelled by Your love, refreshed by Your love, God, healed by Your love. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. Um, you ever had an awkward encounter, an awkward experience? Any awkward people in the room? Like you're walking down the street and someone's walking in the opposing direction and you're trying to get around them, but they go the same way. And then you have this little two-step dance routine happening on the street with a random you don't know. You ever gone to say hello to someone that you thought you knew and then you got close and you're like, whoa, I don't know that person. This was a bad move. I, um, I've recently discovered and I spend time in elevator lifts because where I live now, we have an elevator lift and I find these awkward. No one talks in a lift. What's up with that? Somebody explain it to me. We're just gonna stand next to each other for a minute and not say a word. We just get on our phones. So I made it my little challenge to start saying hello every time I'm in the lift with someone. And so I'm like, hey, I said to this one lady, actually, I said, hey, how you going? And she's, she's um, I don't know, she seemed like she was in a rush. And she, this was her response, huh? I was like, oh, cool, good start here. And I, I, so I said it again, I said, hey, how you going? And she's like, good. And I was like, whoa. And then like, I'm about to get out. And it's about to be, you know, level two, whatever. And um, she goes, oh, I forgot to feed my cat. I forgot to feed my cat. And she just starts letting it all out. I'm like, ding, I gotta go now. You waited too long. You had to be so awkward that whole time. <laughs> what about greetings? You ever, you've gone in for a hug and they went in for a handshake. I remember someone went to grab something near me and I thought he wanted a handshake. So I grabbed his hand and I shook it. I'm like, whoa. And he, he, he made sure to let me know that he didn't intend that handshake. So apologies. I was once greeting my cousin's boyfriend for the first time I was meeting him. And um, see, I grew up, now I'm, I'm European, so in family settings, we go kiss, hug. And sometimes we go kiss, kiss, hug. And if you're feeling really special, it's kiss, 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 hug, but that's for the grandmas. And But he's like a, an Aussie bloke, right? So I'm like, I don't really know how to approach this. I'm a little anxious, I'm a little worried, I don't really know how to greet this guy. Like, are we gonna do handshake? Are we gonna do hugs? I'm thinking, maybe I'll just go in for the hug. And so I put my hands up like this. Like, we haven't said a word at this point. I put my hands up like this, and he does the same, but we realise something's up, like this isn't working. And so we draw back, and then we try again, and then we draw back, and we look at each other, we haven't touched yet. We look at each other dead straight in the eye and then we walk away. <laughs> and 
And my auntie was watching the whole thing and she goes, that was awkward. She makes me get up and reenact it with her in front of him. I mean, it's pretty awkward. But maybe you're an awkward person, maybe you're not. I actually wanna introduce you to an awkward person tonight, an old friend of mine, so old he's in the Bible. So old, his name's Peter. Peter is an awkward fella. Peter's an anxious guy. Like sometimes he puts his hand up, he thinks he knows the answer and it's like, boom, you're so wrong. You're, you're really bad at this. Peter's like, he's got the anxious energy. He's like, go get her. He's, he's an awkward guy, Peter. In fact, Peter's the one that writes 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So, so Peter understands what it is to be like a little worried about other people around you, a little anxious about what's going on, that's Peter. And um, Peter first encounters Jesus. He's a fisherman, he's a commercial fisherman, he does it for a living. He first encounters Jesus, he's been out fishing all night and he's caught nothing, which was probably very unusual. So unusual that he would take advice from a random guy on the shore when he's the professional. (laughs) So the morning comes, they've caught nothing all night and um, Jesus turns up on the shore. And Jesus says, um, why don't you put your nets on the other side? And Peter, he's like, okay. So he does it. He puts the net on the other side and like, like fish just start flying in. That's the sound of fish in case you didn't get that. These fish, they just start flying in this net so much so that the nets break. And then Peter meets Jesus and he knows he's been in the industry for ages. He knows that doesn't happen. He knows that's not normal. He knows that's a miracle. So he's like, whoa, I'm a sinner. And then Jesus is like, hey, come follow me. And this begins Peter's journey with Jesus, except I forgot to tell you. See, the thing is, Peter's name wasn't always Peter. He used to be known as Simon. And it wasn't until he, he was around the circle with Jesus, Jesus is like, hey, who do you say that I am? And, and well, he was Simon at the time. He goes, oh, well, you are the Messiah. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. He got the answer right and he gets a new name. So he becomes Peter. But it's actually very significant, you see, because Simon, the meaning of Simon meant read. And the meaning of Peter means rock. But if you watch Peter's life, sometimes he's the reed and sometimes he's the rock. One moment he'll step out of a boat with absolute amazing faith and he starts walking on water and the next moment he becomes the reed and he's suddenly drowning going, oh, I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, one moment he gets the answers right and the next he's got no idea and he's being reprimanded. Like, what are you even saying? He's that, he's that guy. But that's, that's Peter. And then they're sitting around the table at the Last Supper before Jesus was going to die. And Jesus is telling Judas how he's going to betray him. And Peter pipes in, like classic Peter move. And he's like, I will never deny you. And Jesus is like, oh, well, you will three times before the rooster crows tonight. And to that, Peter responds, even if I have to die with you, I'll never, like big, bold statement, Peter, and nothing to back it up. Even if I have to die with you. And it's interesting, we often miss the next line, but it says all the other disciples said the same. So Peter's not the only one that's saying that. 
Peter's not the only one that let Jesus down. When he was in his toughest time, he wasn't the only one that, that fled. He was just the one that was the loudest and that said it the first, because that's my guy, Peter. So it comes to the time and Jesus is going to the cross and it's interesting the wording used, and you can find this in Luke 22, it said, Peter followed at a distance. He was walking with Jesus. He was doing the journey with Jesus. But at this point, Peter takes a couple steps back and begins to follow Jesus at a distance. And after that, he denies Jesus three times, not once, not twice, aggressively, like really aggressively, like I never knew that man. And you see, in Peter's denial, he's denying Jesus. He's denying his relation to Jesus. He's denying his identity. He's denying his future. It wasn't just Jesus that he was denying because with that relationship is so rich and comes with so much. But he watches and he walks and he follows at a distance. And he begins to deny Jesus. And we go, oh, we, well, we would never do that. I mean, Peter's my guy, but I mean, I'm not really like Peter in that way. I'd never deny Jesus aggressively like that. But you might not deny him on a Sunday night, but when it comes to your finances, you might deny him. Or when it comes to certain relationships, you might deny him. Or it comes to your workplace and, and your idea of success, you might deny him. You see, you and I, we are all Peters. We're all the rock and the reed at times. Strong at times and very, very weak at times. We all know what it is to follow God at a distance. And as He does, it's almost like the vision becomes a little blurry. And so Jesus, He goes to the cross and He gives His life. And three days later, He's resurrected. And Peter knows he stuffed up. Peter's well aware he stuffed up. And we'll read together, we're going to read this, this part of what Peter does next. It says in John 21, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Sounds familiar, right? Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, this is John, he just calls himself that. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat. It's just interesting. He was following God at a distance, but at this point, there's nothing stopping him from getting close. 
by towing the net full of fish for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And there we go. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. Oh, did we read that? We read that. No, we haven't read that. But I've read it so many times this week. But even with so many, the net was not torn this time. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. What a, what a lovely statement. Amen. None of the disciples dared to ask Him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. They were convinced it was the Lord. But it's interesting because after the resurrection, Peter, remember, he stuffed up. Peter denied Jesus. Peter followed at a distance. And there had been appearances. This isn't the first mention of Jesus appearing. There had been appearances. And what is the, probably the thought process of maybe what Peter was considering and the anxieties that filled his mind was, I wonder if he will show for me. Because if he's making appearances, I wonder if he'll show for me. And you know, there was questions around his future, not even just his future, but I don't even know what to do next. Some of you, you hear the word future and you're like, future? I don't know what I'm doing in the next week. I don't know what I'm doing in the next month. I don't know what I'm doing in the next year. I, I, I don't, don't even talk about future. I can't see what's ahead of me. And it's interesting, it's actually pretty dangerous. I don't know if you know this, but it's pretty dangerous to drive if you can't see. I don't know if you've tried that before. It's um, not a good idea. I remember I was in the Blue Mountains with a friend. It was raining. Her aircon thing didn't work. And so the screen keeps fogging up. And so I have to keep getting a towel from the back and wiping her screen every three seconds. So we're driving like this. I'm going to keep wiping it because it's dangerous, right? You end up colliding with something. You'll end up turning in a direction you weren't supposed to go. That's what happens when we lack vision. You start to turn different ways you were never intended to turn. But it's also dangerous to drive when you are not seen. Let me explain. I'm driving home one night, had dinner, and um, I hear these sirens going behind me. That's the sound. And, and I was like, oh no, what's going on? It can't be me. I better get out of the way. So I pull over. And they pull over behind me. I'm like, oh no, what have I done? Like, I'm in so much trouble. I don't even know what I've done. And the police officer pulls up to my car. Hello, ma'am, can I have your license? Yes, sir, absolutely, anything. So I give him my license. And he's like, any reason you're driving without your lights on? And I was like, <gasps> I turn them on right there in front of him. I'm like, I'm so sorry, I, I, I didn't know. And he goes, you didn't see those cars flashing you? And I was like, no. No, I didn't see anything, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll let you off in a warning. You see, it's dangerous to drive without your lights off. But how many of us, we turn our lights off because we don't actually want to be seen? We turn our lights off because what if they reject us if they knew who we really were? We turn our lights, lights off as Christians sometimes because we're scared what they'll see. They'll, you're scared that they'll have a different opinion of you because you're the Christian. And so in the workplace, you turn your lights off. And when you go back to school, you turn your lights off. And when you're back with your family, you turn your lights off. Or sometimes you just turn your lights off because you're scared of really being seen. 
Because if they really saw you, maybe they wouldn't want you. And we grow up, when it comes to love, we grow up knowing you earn and you deserve. This is our culture, right? You know, you put the effort in and you get, you get returns. You know, your teachers would have said to you, you'll get out of this class what you put in. And you're like, cool, man, I've heard that before. But this is how, this is how, this is our culture. We, and, and so Peter's, Peter knows, man, I've got to earn my way. I've got to perform. I've got to say the right things. I've got, to, I've got to have the right answers. This is how I'm going to be loved. If I can look the part, if I can have it all together, well, this is how I'm going to be loved. But don't get too close because you might not like what you see. And if you get too close, you might not want to stick around. I watched this old Chinese game show after school. I used to watch it all the time, so random. But this gentleman, it's a dating show. This gentleman would stand up in front of a crowd of people and there would be a semicircle of women and each woman had a buzzer with a light on, on top of her. And at any moment from when he walks out, she can press the buzzer, her light will turn off and she's not interested. It's harsh, like so harsh. I love this show. And so the guy comes out and some of them look at him and they're like, buzz, not interested. And then, and then in like three parts, he begins to unfold a bit of his story. He begins to say a bit about his life and he, and he unfolds and lights off. Next stage, here's a video of my life and my hometown, lights off. And sometimes none of the lights are left on. It's like the more He revealed, the less people stuck around. But it's true with us too. Sometimes we're scared, don't get too close because if you see more of me, maybe your light will turn off. If you really knew me, maybe your light would turn off. And so Peter, if there had been appearances, there had been talk that Jesus was resurrected. So I wonder if Peter's like, well, maybe he just won't show for me. But here's the thing, Peter's a, he's a funny guy, but he's a cool guy and he gets it right sometimes. I don't know if you've ever been lost, but sometimes uh, um, you have like a meeting point. If you get lost, just meet here And because we'll all meet back here and we'll all find each other here. Now, Peter had been found as a sinner on this boat before. And so I wonder if he's thinking, maybe, just maybe, he will find me here again. Maybe, just maybe, in my brokenness, in my failure, just as like I was a sinner once, maybe he'll find me here again. And he's in good company. He's in good company. He's with the disciples. So he says, Let's go fishing. And they fish all night and they catch nothing. Oh, we've been here before. We've caught nothing before. We've understood what this is like before. They catch nothing. I wonder if any time someone walked past, I wonder if they would think or if there would be any kind of glimmer of hope. Imagine if that was Jesus. Remember that time when he came for us? I wonder if that's Jesus. And he fishes all night and he catches nothing. And in the morning, and in the morning, his mercies are new. And in the morning, Jesus meets you with with more grace and more love. And in the morning, Jesus turns up on the shore and he's got a meal prepared for them. 
And I, and I kind of wonder the, the conversations they would have had on the boat before that. Would Peter have shared with John some of his anxieties? Would he have shared with John some of his worries? Hey, John was the only one that was at the foot of the cross, by the way. He's the only one. So he could have been like, John, you got it right. You were the only one that was with Jesus in his sufferings. The rest of us, we bailed. If he's gonna come for anyone, it'll be you, John. I wonder if John was the one to share glimmers of hope. You see, John's a good friend because not only did they all reject Jesus and deny him, no one was there for John either. He was doing this on his own. Some of you feel like the Christian that's doing it on their own. But John, he's a good friend. He doesn't just go with Jesus and his suffering. He stays with the others in their suffering. And, and, and it's so amazing because John is the one when Jesus is on the shore, when they can't see who's there, He taps him and He says, look who showed up, it's Jesus. Hey, you may have had doubts, you may have had worries that He wouldn't show for you, that He wouldn't love you after He really knew you, that, that He wouldn't be around for you. But hey, John, hey, Peter, look who showed up. Look who came for you. Look who still loves you. And he's like, he's wiping the fog of Peter's screen. Look, Peter didn't deserve it. He didn't earn it. This is grace. This is the picture of the Gospel. We never move past this. You gotta understand, we never move past this. There's no point in our Christian journey where we go, oh yeah, the whole God loves us stuff. That was cool, but now give me the meat. No, this isn't. It's dangerous to depart from this. We don't do that. He says, Peter, he jumps out of the boat and the word used is he cast himself. Now these were fishermen, they would use that word often, they would cast their nets to gather things. He cast himself. And it's like that picture, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you because he's the one on the shore with a meal already prepared for you. And so it's like Peter's saying, I give myself, I cast myself to be found in His arms again as a broken person, as a failure, knowing I don't deserve it, I cast myself. You wanna know a picture of casting your anxieties on Him? Bring your whole self to Him. This is the picture. Here is Peter and he jumps out of the boat and with desperation, he gets to Jesus and here is the picture of grace, that He would come with a meal prepared, that He would come and say, as, he's, as your provider, that He would come ready to love you again, that He would come ready to hold you again. I didn't deserve it, I didn't earn it. This is the picture of grace. You know, Psalm 73, the, the, the writer writes, I almost slipped. my." I almost slipped because I looked at the way they lived and, and I looked at the wicked and they looked like they were prospering and I almost slipped. And then He comes into the presence of God. He says, I realised something. I was just bitter and all torn up inside. He says to Jesus, and you can find this in the NLT version, He says, I must have been like a senseless animal to you, just bitter and all torn up inside. But then there's this line. He says, but I still belong to you. 
Hey, no matter what I came bringing, no matter the anxieties I was holding, no matter the insecurities I was walking with, I still belong to You. Do you know what will heal the deepest insecurities in your life? It's God's love for you. Let the love reach deep into those places. I still belong to You. And for the sake of time, I won't go through the whole next passage. But basically what Jesus will do is He'll restore him. He'll redeem Peter. He'll redeem his identity. He'll redeem his future. He'll redeem his call. Hey, Peter, I still love you. Hey, Peter, I still love you. Hey, Peter, I still love you. And we'll miss the point if we think this is about our love for Jesus. You see, Peter had nothing to offer. Peter followed at a distance. Peter was the reed and the rock. But Jesus takes you as you are. And Jesus meets you in that place to say to you, you still belong to me. You still belong in my arms, no matter what your past looks like. You still belong, even if, you know, you know, some of us, it's like, man, I was serving. I used to be so passionate for the things of God. And, and there's, a, there's a cry in your heart, like, I miss it. And it was like this slow distancing from the people of God, from the Word of God, from what He was saying over your life. And then you start and you're around people and your language changes, your habits change. And you're like desperate. Like Peter, if I could just be in his arms again. Well, he welcomes you. Well, he welcomes you. And we'll miss the point if we think this is all about our love for God. Because our love is like the reed and the rock. Sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't. But His love is consistent. He is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I used to. I, used to, I still do actually, I write my prayers in a journal and I started in year four. And I was going back and I was reading all these old ones. I don't know what age was this. But um, at the end of the journal, there was this little tag I kept repeating. And then I would say to Jesus, I would say, I love you, Jesus, but apparently not as much as you love me. And every journal I would write it at the end, I love you, Jesus, but apparently not as much as you love me. And you know, 10 years onwards, I am more convinced of His love for me than my love for Him. I am more convinced. It's been His love for me that has changed me, that has formed me, that has healed me, that has brought freedom, that has brought peace, that has brought joy. You can look anywhere else and you'll find yourself empty, but it's Jesus' love that never runs out. And so He's like, hey, I still have a life for you. Hey, I still love you. Hey, I still care for you. So I bring my whole self. You know, I introduced us to Peter tonight, but that was just because I was really introducing us to you. I was really introducing us to the human condition. I was really introducing us to, to what we're like. This is us, we are the Peters. But I also wanted to introduce you tonight to Jesus, whose grace is sufficient, whose mercies are new each day, who's got a future for you, who's got hope for you, who's got peace for you. 
And no matter what you've done or no matter the visions you have for your future, I just wanted to be the one to maybe wipe the screen and to tell you and remind you again how deep His love is for you. If I could just help you out and help you get a clearer picture, you won't find it anywhere else. It's His love for you. And so I don't wanna finish without giving you an opportunity to know Him tonight. Do you know, I don't feel like you're here by accident. I feel like what God wanted to let you know is He's showing up for you. You think you came and you were showing up and checking this thing out, but actually it was God's plan and He wanted to let you, let you know something tonight and that's He's showing up for you. He's showing up for you. Are you broken? Are you weary? Do you think you're a failure? Are, are, are you tired? Do you feel like you once served Him and now you've walked away? He's still showing up for you. And so I wanna give us all the opportunity to know Him tonight. So if you don't mind, would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this space? Because what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray a prayer together and I'm gonna help you invite Him back into your life because He's so willing and He wants to know you personally and you can know Him personally. You can know Him personally tonight. You can be compelled by His love for you tonight and every day forward. So why don't you repeat after me, Dear Jesus, thank You for loving me. Thank You for giving Your life up for me. Tonight I give my life back to You. I give You my all, my everything. Lead me, guide me each and every day. In Jesus' Name, and while all heads are still bowed and all eyes are still closed, if that was you tonight, I just would love you to just give me a little wave, just long enough to I can see it, because then I would love to pray a prayer over you. I won't bring you out the front. I won't embarrass you. I just, I just wanna notice who you are so I can pray with you. So if that's you, would you just give me a little wave and just hold it up long enough so I can see it. So good, so good. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? That's so good. Just hold it a little bit longer. He came for you tonight. He came for you tonight. Maybe you feel like this tug in your heart. He's come for you tonight. Amazing. See that hand. Beautiful. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? So good, so good. Well, we're gonna pray a prayer over these people. Father God, we just thank You. We just thank You for those that have said yes tonight. We just thank You that You have them, that You are their provider, that You are their protector, that You are their redeemer. And so would they know that, God? Would they, would they walk with Your presence this week? Would they walk with divine protection this week? Lord, would they walk hearing Your voice this week and forevermore in Jesus' Name? And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.